Hey guys, it's Mo. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to let you know that this episode does run longer than our usual 30 minutes. Um, We had a special guest today who um, you'll meet in a second. And um, we were talking about, um, we were just being really passionate about the topic of colorism. And so um, we did go a little bit longer than um, the normal time, so sit back, relax, grab a bowl of popcorn, and enjoy the discussion about colorism within the Asian community. Um, so yeah, y'all enjoy, and thank you for listening. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Wasian Check. I'm your host, Mo Money. And today is a really exciting episode. We're continuing our little mini series, our two parts of colorism within the Asian community. And we have a special guest today. I will um, introduce them in a minute. Um, but first, I just want to get this short, our little mini topics out the way. Song of the week is I Smile by Day Six. Day Six is a Korean group. I absolutely adore them. They're a band, and they they play their instruments, man. <laughs> um, I adore them. They're so awesome. They are really great guys. Um, I don't listen to a ton of, like, bands where they're, you know, playing, like, the instruments and whatnot. Um, but I really like these guys. I Smile is one of those songs that when you listen to it, it just makes your heart go, ugh. Wow, that got me in my feels, and I absolutely love it. I love a ton of their songs. I could give you guys, like, 20 more, but I Smile by Day, by Day Six is just, you gotta listen to it. If you like the classic chill band music, I mean, that's about as good as it gets. I love it. Movie of the week. I didn't watch any movies this week, but the Oscar nominations were announced today. So... I was looking at the list, and I definitely need to catch up on a few of those movies because I haven't seen them all yet. So we're going to catch up on the ones that I haven't seen. And I'm really excited for the Oscars. So there were a couple on Netflix that I saw. So I'll definitely be watching those and trying to keep up before the Oscars. So that way I can kind of, like, make my guesses on who I think is going to win each category. Lows of the week? I didn't have any. It's a pretty good week. Still no dishwasher though. <laughs> um, highlights of the week. I ordered some paintings. If you follow me on Instagram, it's at Winnie Ryan. Wink, wink. I ordered some paintings from this, like this glass art where people like paint on glass and it looks cool. Uh, it's like this trend on TikTok. And so there was this um, girl that I, her video came across my For You page and she was like, I'm doing commissions if you guys want to order and I was like oh my god I DM'd her on Instagram I was like please please and so she sent me two one I got of Mr. Irwin Smith from Attack on Titan aka my love and the second one was from um the second one was from Sing Soon Ling but the 23 year old version when he was in Garden of Light in Banana Fish so um so when he's older and beautiful and tall and going to Harvard and a business owner. So we love him. Um, 
yeah i'm reading yasha right now which is by the same creator who did banana fish but um but it's the same universe and everything but it's a different story but sting actually makes an appearance so i'm excited about that when he's supposed to be in his 30s i think so i'm reading that right now i'm really excited i finished seraph of the end i am officially caught up on seraph of the end which is amazing and i'm so excited so yeah i i'm reading a lot of manga right now um because i i've i honestly have never had time to read manga ever literally never so i've finally been able to catch up on manga and i'm excited i've been reading a lot more and and reading in general honestly i used to never be a reader i was never a reader but i've been reading a lot lately and it's great i'm i'm feeding my brain (laughs) and so yeah so that's what's been going on this week again i was kind of rushing through this because i want to save time for our main topic with our special guest um so this is really exciting um i guess i can just go ahead and introduce her um so if you guys would please give it up um my sister um well not my blood sister but i've known her my entire life she she is my sister and i adore her with my being um miss alina Alrighty, everybody um so please give a warm welcome to my big sister i love her with all my heart alina welcome yay oh my God, so <laughs> i wasn't expecting that i really um, wasn't i was i thought you know like here's here's me <laughs> <laughs> no so um so me and Alina kind of were talked about already what we wanted to talk about this week, but I just wanted to give y'all listening kind of an update. So as I mentioned before, we're having colorism in two parts from last week. And then this week I wanted to bring another voice. Um, so, which is Alina. <laughs> um, I've known, we've known each other my entire life. I mean, she really is my sister and it was funny because we text each other. We haven't really actually talked in like years. So I like, I, I, I texted my older sister, my blood sister, and I was like, um, what's Alina's number? And she like just texted it to me and I was like, thanks. And then I just texted Alina and I was like, hey, so this is totally random. I mean, I totally skipped. How are you? But want to be on my podcast? <laughs> so I'm excited. This is going to be fun. We're just going to be going with the flow um, and continuing the topic of colorism. So Alina, if you want to just do whatever your heart desires. Yeah. Yeah, I really, it's crazy because I have known you for, like, an extremely long amount of time. Like, mm-hmm. since I think you were, like, when did I first meet you? I think you were, like, probably nine, eight or nine, maybe? I don't know. I was going to say, like, three. <laughs> really? I don't know. I think I knew, I've known Danny since she was, like, four or five. Danny's my younger sister, for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, And I've known your big sister, Jacqueline, since, like, fourth grade so so yeah yeah um yeah so just bouncing off of what because I listened to your first podcast which was pretty good and I'm really like I'm like I said like I told you before we started recording I don't it was kind of cool that you mentioned um colorism within like the k-pop community because I know absolutely nothing about Korea (laughs) And I know absolutely nothing about K-pop, so yeah. I, I was like, okay, that's good. Something that um, needs to be addressed that you address with, like, celebrities and stuff like that. Because, like, I was telling you earlier, it really does come down to influence 
and like that's kind of like the whole thing with colorism and again like I'm speaking off of I'm not speaking about colorism in all Asian communities yeah I'm just speaking specifically about in our Filipino community because I am again like you I'm half Filipino and I'm half Latina so I get I actually get colorism on both sides because colorism is rampant in the Latin Americas as well Mm -hmm. um so with that like colorism in the Philippines when it comes down to it um even when it comes to colorism within our Filipino community in the United States it really stems back from our home country and it stems back from colonialism so you really also can't look at colorism yeah without (laughs) looking at classism yeah and colonization which you also mentioned in your last podcast which was good Mm -hmm. Um, how like because being dark makes people will automatically think you're poor or whatever Mm -hmm. the case so it really was it really was that because back then in the colonial era in the philippines um there was a caste system So you had, like, this caste system that had, like, I think, like, 10 levels of, like, the whole system. And it really had came down to not just color, but, like, your bloodline. So, like, your bloodline, the the darker your bloodline was, the lower you are in the caste system. So you had the lowest of the low, which was, like, the indigenous Filipinos, and then you had, like, black Filipinos because there were black Filipinos. Mm -hmm. And then you had the highest in the caste system – which was, you know, the Spanish colonial settlers. So they were obviously the richer ones. And then, you know, the lower you get down to the caste system is the poorer you get. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't so much that they chose to stay poor. It was literally like colonialism placed in there. It was a system built you know up I mean? that way. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's really like they were placed there because of, you know, colonization and stuff like that. And, so, of course, you're going to get, throughout the centuries in the Philippines, you're going to get people wanting to keep um, that going, the beauty standard, like you're talking about, the Eurocentric beauty standard to keep going, and it, and it does, it's still around you in the Philippines, you can find skin bleach, um, and it really also depends on your class, so like the, the workers, you know, um, who work out in the fields in the Philippines back during colonial times we had a tendency to be darker. Um, and obviously they were poor because they were working out in the fields and they were getting like barely any money because mm-hmm. no one cared about them, which is awful. Um, and then you, as you progress, you know, you get like the lighter skinned people who are probably maids, who are probably mestizas or like a little bit lower than mestizas and they would work in the house for like Spanish settlers and everything like that and so they were a little bit lighter but they were still pretty lower on the caste system yeah so again like I said you really can't talk about colorism in the Philippines or even in America when it comes to our Filipino community without addressing the issue of classism because that's where it kind of started to begin with yeah so (laughs) it's really it that's just kind of like a surface level um obviously I'm not a Filipino um scholar like I'm not like right I don't don't study Filipino history I know I come on these podcasts talking like I know about everything and I'm just like this is literally just what I see with my eyes (laughs) like don't take my word for it yeah so I mean this is me doing my own research my um reading my own like um reading my like reading the things that I look up personally because I use like library databases I've read dissertations on colorism I've read you know so like 
this is me doing my own study. They don't have Filipino studies here where I live in Oregon, unfortunately, which is stupid. Otherwise, I would probably earn a certificate in that too. So that's why I'm only earning certificates in Chicano and Indigenous studies right now because that's all they have. Otherwise, I would do that as a third. But, do they um, even have a Filipino like community where you're at? Not really, because you know where um, I'm from, Vallejo, everyone who's listening, I'm from where Morgan is from, mm-hmm. and um, it's all Filipinos. <laughs> there's, there were all, there's a ton, there's a huge Filipino community in Vallejo, and so we even have our own Filipino community center. I think they actually have a couple of Filipino community centers, so we, they, um, people in Vallejo have that access to that education and to that, you know, information, but like people here, where it's not very big, I think I had to like, I had a craving for senorita bread a couple of weeks ago, and I could not find for the life of me any place, any Filipino bakery that sold senorita bread. And I, there's only one bakery here in Salem. And when I ordered, uh, when I ordered um, senorita bread from them, they didn't even call it senorita bread; they called it something else. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the same. And I was like, no. <laughs> there's like one so. Filipino spot, but it's like 40 minutes away. They just oh, opened a Jolly Bee though, but every single time I drive past it, the line is like down the street of cars. It's so I haven't you even can't gone get it anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, so I haven't even gone there. Yeah, but it's literally yeah. only so, like one place. <laughs> yeah, so there's not, there's no, there's no, um, yeah, there's no community here. So I can't. I mean, I've checked Portland State. They have because that's the college I'm transferring to for my um, degree, and so they have a Filipino club. But there's no like Filipino studies, mm-hmm. which I think California is awesome because there's such a huge Filipino community that there that there are Filipino professors that are creating those yeah. you know classes, which I think is so important because again with like the the issue with classism and colorism in our community it can't be addressed unless you tear it from the root. It's like you it's like planting a plant. You know what I mean? If yeah. you have like weeds around your beautiful plant that's like choking your plant you got to tear the roots out you can't just like snip the top you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so um so I think it's really great that California has all these options for people to keep learning about the history of the Philippines because it's so important to know where you come from it's so important to especially if you want to like work within your own community um to know your histories to know the good and the bad parts of your history um, so you can further, like, educate the future generations about, you know, your history and about your people and about the issues that your people still do or that the injustices that they still go through. So, yeah. But that's so true, though, because I'll see, like, and I'm sure you've heard this all the time, but those people who are like, I don't see color or there's no more racism in America. And I'm like, okay, you can't ignore, yeah. like, <laughs> And some people ha- say it, like, with good intention. Some people genuinely are like, I don't see color. I see everyone the same. And I and some people, when they say that they do have good intentions, but they don't realize how harmful that can be because when by saying that you're – in whether it's deliberate or not, you're still kind of, like, ignoring the actual racism and colorism and you're trying to silence those voices so and even like I said I have met some people where they do have good intentions by saying stuff like that but at the end of the day just that word choice and I'm like "Mm, maybe not maybe don't say it that way because again by wanting to ignore it per se you're at the end of the day you're not helping the cause you know you're you're still kind of adding to the issue you know what I mean yeah it 
yeah, totally. That makes total sense. Um, yeah, like with uh, the reason why I get annoyed when people talk about I don't see color is because you are disregarding, you know, the the issues and the injustices that that person of color or that black or indigenous person, um, you know, in their communities. Like you're ignoring the fact that their color is the reason why they're going through a lot of the injustices that they're going through a lot of the racism, a lot of the colorism, a lot of the classism, a lot of the systemic racism that, you know, like impacts the black and indigenous and people of color communities. Like you need to be able to address that. And that's why it's so dangerous to say, I don't see color because then you're kind of, it's kind of like you're saying, I don't see the things that your community goes through. Right. Um, I just like, you know, I just, like, want everyone to be unified, like, which I, I, well, what are you gonna do about it? Yeah, I absolutely agree with, but, like I said, you can't, you know, have this beautiful plant without taking care of its roots, and you can't, you know, have weeds growing around, you gotta pull the bad roots out, and, like, it's, like, also, again, with plants, I'm using plant analogies because I'm such a plant mom, but, but, like, if you have rotting roots, that are like affecting your plant you got to cut them right Whoa. so it's like yeah <laughs> i so bought a monstera and i got root rot <laughs> yeah like I, i'm so depressed to, but oh, i'm so sorry <laughs> i have like i have like a few monstera plants and i have like one that's like propagating that's growing like a really long root so it's going to be ready to plant but again you got to yeah. take care of the roots and that's why it's so important to you know, have things like Filipino studies or Korean studies or just like Asian studies in general. It's so important. And it's so important for the person teaching it to address those issues that within our, because this is not, you know, essentially like, yes, it was brought on by Eurocentric span in, 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 um, Philippines in the Filipino case, like Spanish colonialism. Um, and yes, like, like I said, essentially the Europeans started, kind of started it to begin with but again like we're still keeping it within our own community yeah and um I dealt with a lot of colorism growing up that I didn't even notice that was colorism until like I got literally till I moved here I'm not even like six years ago because again I'm from I'm I'm privileged enough to be from this really awesome diverse city (laughs) and so I didn't even realize I was in a biracial or not a biracial, an interracial relationship because my husband is white. Well, he's Mexican, but he's like a white Mexican. <laughs> so I didn't realize that I was in an interracial relationship till I got here. So someone was like, yeah, you're like in an interracial relationship. How does that work? And I'm like, what? Like, Come again? We're both from so, the same area. Like, what are you talking about? You know, so. I kind of, that's something I actually put down that I wanted to ask you. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, yeah. With having, you know, Brandon, your husband, how he is very light-skinned, and then looking at your baby, who is also, who looks white. he is totally (laughs) a white boy. Have you had, like, and I've I've seen you kind of, like, talk about this on Twitter before when I stalk Mm -hmm. you, but... (laughs) <laughs> um, but I've like seen you that you were talking me. about. Well, it was just to prepare for this, you know. Because, but anyways, no, you're you know totally I mean. fine. I go off on Twitter a lot. Yeah, for sure. So I saw you that you had said that someone was like not believing you that that was your baby or something, or like like elaborate. I, okay, yeah, totally. And that also has to do with colorism and classism, which yeah. is a good question that you asked. Um, so I actually get it a lot mm-hmm. here. I. 
you know, when I'm in Vallejo, when I brought Manolo with me to Vallejo before, no one without a doubt, like, questioned me was my son. They're just like, your son is cute. And I'm like, okay, that's, thank you so much. I know he is. He's such a, oh my gosh, I can't, he's with, in the room with Brandon right now. So thank God, like, otherwise he'd be like tugging all over me right now. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so when I first had my son, um, one thing that also has to do with you know, that I, I don't like that my mom did this, but, but I think she did it because again, she's from an older generation. But when he was born, my mom was immediately like, whose nose does he have? You know? And that kind of goes like, it's not necessarily colorism. It's kind of like, you know, our Filipino community being rooted, being so rooted in wanting Eurocentric features. Yeah, because we have know? like the big nose, and I would get mm-hmm. insecure about that sometimes yeah. too. I'll be like, "Dang." <laughs> yeah, no, I I grew up being bullied for my nose, but not because you know, it's that's a whole other subject. Yeah. But <laughs> my mom also always wanted me to have my dad's nose. My dad's Latino, so he has kind of like a straighter nose. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon has his family's his mom's side nose, so he has like his mom's his mom's side is Mexican. So he has kind of like a straight kind of like Mexican nose. But again, it's like very like Eurocentric. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, she was like, whose nose does he have? And I'm like, oh, he has my cute little button nose. Guess what? Oh, well. Oh, like, well. you know, and so it's crazy because my son, my son comes out with this like super white baby, but he has, um, and his hair is like super light. Like it's like sandy brownish blonde. And, you know, he has light, kind of, like, brown eyes, um, very white. But he has all my facial features. Like, he has my eyes, he has my nose, he has my lips. So it's very, like, he can look like, he looks like a Filipino baby if I was yeah. to take him to, like, California. They'd be like, he's Filipino. Like, you know what I mean? So, a blonde Filipino. Um, Ugh, love it. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, and so, um that has to do a lot with like Eurocentric beauty standards. And then also again, addressing your question, sorry. No, you're good. Um, when I moved here and I had Manolo, a lot of white, um, a lot of, um, white older women, like, you know, really old, (laughs) um, I'm talking like 50s, 60s would be like, um, Oh, is that your son? Or like, who's, who does he belong to? Are you the nanny? Like I've, you know, and it's, and at first I was like, what, what the, what the heck, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why are you asking me this? Yeah. And I realized, um, it's because I'm browner, obviously. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that I'm brown until people around me in my town make me remember that I'm brown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so this past one, the one I just recently tweeted about that you're talking about, I was going to a store and I was getting stuff. I don't remember what I was getting. Um, and they had a greeter at the front. And, um, I'm like, I put Manolo in the car and I'm like, I'm strolling along and I, the woman, the greeter woman, she's like this white older lady. I don't know how old she is, maybe 50 or 60, like I said. And I'm like strolling along and she's like, um, she's like, oh, welcome in. And I just like turn to her and I'm like, thank you. Mind you, I have my mask on and Manolo also has a mask on. Mm-hmm. And so the lady also has mask on. So maybe she thought that I was the nanny because we had masks on and she couldn't see our facial features. But also I was so used to at that point being asked, even when I what pre-COVID, when I didn't wear masks, that I was, if I was the nanny, like, you know? And so she's like, oh, he's so cute. And I just go like, oh, thank you. Yeah, he's, you know, he's two or whatever. 
and should we get into this little conversation about him? And she's like, are you the nanny? And I'm like, I look at her and I'm like, no, I'm his mother. This is my son. And she kind of just like, you can kind of see in her eyes. She's like, oh crap. Like, (laughs) did I just say something super like bad? And I I mean, I wasn't mean. I didn't like, you know, and I was like, okay, uh, thank you. Like, and I just like walked away because what else was I going to say? And I knew she felt awkward. I knew I made her feel awkward and I'm sorry that then you shouldn't have asked. You could have just said he's cute and moved along. Like, you know, such a random thing to ask too. Like, why do you have to be like, are you the nanny? Like, why not just say, oh, that's a cute baby. And then like, and then like, move on, yeah. Why exactly. even, like, like assume not. that you're not the mom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but if you think about it, because I had to, I literally had to, I had to sit down with Brandon because I was crying because I was sick of it oh. one night, and I was just like, you don't understand the things that I go through, <laughs> like, because, you know, in Vallejo, he, Brandon was very much, yeah, he was white, but, you know, he, he like, he didn't realize he was white, white, until we moved to Oregon. <laughs> and he didn't realize he had white privilege until we moved to Oregon. You know what I mean? So, um, he, he recognizes it now. We've had, like, conversation after conversation. Mm-hmm. But this past conversation, he was, like, he felt so bad because he understood that if he was to take Manolo out, no one would question that that was his son. Yeah. Like, no one would be like, is this your son? Like, are you the Are the you the butler? <laughs> are you the butler? Yeah. You know, and again, this goes back to, um, back in, because, like, color, because, like, colorism and, like, you know, all that stuff. Now we're coming into, like, the point where we're talking about colorism in America. Um, obviously, there has to do with more with racism as well as classism. What? His little baby voice. I've, that's the first time I've ever heard his voice. He's so cute. Yeah, Bubby, you don't need a sleepy time gummy. It's just like a kid's like melanin, and we only use it like melatonin. Melanin. No. <laughs> like it does use melanin. But, um, We're talking about colorism, so. Yeah, but he only gets it if he's like super fussy and refusing to go to sleep, and it's like once every two months. Like, and I don't. He keeps asking it because it's, he thinks it's a candy. I was watching so, this, like, TikTok, and these kids were passed out, and the mom was like, why are they sleeping? And she saw the jar, and she looks at it. No. It was an empty bottle of kids' melatonin. And I'm like, they're going to be passed out I, until next week, I, bro. Yeah. No, I keep ours, like, in, like, a cabinet really high because I don't want him to get to them. Because, yeah. like I said, we don't – we barely use them. They're just there if he's, like, not feeling good or having issues sleeping. But yeah. anyway – um, back to, back to the classism part, um, <laughs> we keep going off track. This is my problem. I, like, go on little tidbits, and then no, I come back same. to it. But, <laughs> but, um, so that woman, I think, in, in general, and this is what me and Brandon were talking about, what, because she's from an older generation, and mind you, the Filipinos didn't even start coming into the United States until about the late, I think the late 30s, 40s. Like, that's when Filipinos started migrating to the U.S. Yeah. Um, and so, because before that, like, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but, like, there was, like, um, um, like a, I've seen, like, this old photo from the 40s where it said, uh, no, no N-words, which is horrible, obviously. And we're, t- we're talking 40s, 50s, so there's still a lot of segregation. There's still racism, which there is today, but it's, like, blatant yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. back then. Um 
no dogs, and then no Filipinos. So we were, like, below the dogs. Like, they would probably allow dogs before they would allow us. Like, you know, and so a lot of the times Filipinos, as well as, like, you know, people from the black community and other um, people of color and, and people from the black community would work as maids, mm-hmm. nannies, you know what I'm saying? So to the white children, to their white families. Um, and so because that's so embedded within the U.S. and people of color and people from the black community and even indigenous people are always working the lower jobs because that's also a stereotype now because now we have a lot of educated black indigenous people of color, but yet they still can't surpass a certain level because of yeah. racism in education, in our jobs and our careers. Um, and even if you do get back that job, you're still being paid way less. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I, I seen this, um, this article about, it was a whole, I didn't read the whole thing, but I read some of it and it was talking about how, um, the, the wages that the comparison of wages between white woman, black woman, um, indigenous woman and other women of color, like, so Mexican woman, Filipino woman, it was a whole chart and it was like white women were on the top. And so, like, <laughs> again... We've been new, uh, I mean, so, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. So we're, yeah, so so we're, like, people, uh, like, older generations probably have it embedded within their brains that we are working lower class because mm-hmm. of our color. And whether they, whether they are not racist or not, like, yeah. it's so embedded within, you know, the boomer generation, the baby boomer generation, and before that, um so that's probably why she said that to me and that's what Brandon was talking to me about yeah. I was just like this woman is just an idiot but uh Brandon's like no like think about this this and this and I was like okay you're right <laughs> like that's I was what I was thinking too I was, I was like upset. I feel like she probably wasn't trying to be rude and kind of like what I was saying earlier too like mm-hmm. some people may not be trying to deliberately be you know yeah ignorant but because mm-hmm. that's just like subconsciously that's just what your brain has how your brain operates and that's how you Mm -hmm. see people and so yeah but yeah and so that's why it's so important for us and like our newer generations like and and I and I tell this to Brandon all the time now I don't care if they're old if they can go on Facebook and rant about liberals being dumb and liberals being this and they can like google search how to not be racist Uh like or how to not be classist or colorist because essentially that woman was being colorist and classist because she was now defining me as a lower class nanny because I was brown. Mm-hmm. Not to say that nannies are lower class because they're absolutely not. And I, for the love of God, I wish I had a nanny. Um, I wish I had the money for a nanny because I would have a bigger break. But um, again, I'm talking about maybe what in her generation when she was our age growing up, that right. nannies were considered lower class. Yeah, And so, and a lot of the nannies, back then were black or brown they weren't like other white nannies that just wasn't common um so again this goes back to in the philippines as well where like a lot of the poorer filipinos have a tendency to be nannies or maids and stuff like that and they sometimes have a tendency to be darker back then 
So again, it's like the caste system, which brings us to classism, which brings us to colorism. And then colorism eventually brings us to racism. So they're all technically connected while they have different like definitions technically, but they're all like connected. And the only way to address it and stop it is to really like pull from the root. So you got to like work, not just like, and I'm not saying like, you know, you got to work on like educating all the white people who don't know about it because honestly yes we do we got to educate everybody but essentially we got to edu- start within our own community mm-hmm. because that's where it's starting that's where the like how I told you like I didn't experience colorism I mean I did growing up but it wasn't from other um non-Filipinos from Vallejo like it was my own family like it was my Lola like my Lola would be like don't go outside you're gonna get too dark that's colorist for sure <laughs> like and you I know, feel like so, that um, is just the older generation too, because mm-hmm. I've seen so many stories of people talking about their own experiences, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, you hear that stuff from white people, but hearing that stuff from your grandparents, like the older generation too, mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, I don't want to like call out family members, but like, <laughs> I've been told by family members that they would rather me date a white guy and that's I've been told from family members that are you know Filipino and so and and yeah and again that stems from wanting the Eurocentric yeah features wanting the European I'm sorry it's okay like again like I said that's probably like from an older generation and from stemming from wanting those Eurocentric beauty standards, wanting, you know, and it it goes back to wanting to be like your Spanish settlers or your Spanish colonial masters because they're, they're seen as rich, they're seen as powerful, they're seen as um, profitable, successful. And that's what a lot of people in the Philippines back then wanted to be. So that, that goes to show like, not just they, they want to be successful in life like them, but they also want to look like them because they think that they're going to get farther if they did if they did look like them and essentially they you know the wider the better for them you know so Mm -hmm. and that's um, like crazy too because like going back to like um beauty standards as well and like comparing to the asian community so like in america you see people do like fake tans and they want to have big butts and big boobs and things that are centered around like darker people right and yeah. then you look yeah. at Asian communities and they want a flat chest, a flat butt, pale skin. So it's just funny how in America, everybody, you know, especially like my generation and your generation, everybody wants to look like, like they're not, like everybody wants to look like black people. Everybody wants to look like, you know, like the darker people. They want to have the big butts and the big boobs and they want to be tan. And then in Asia, it's the exact opposite. And so it's just, like, crazy to me seeing these kinds of beauty standards. And it's just, like, again, stemming back to colonialism. Like, mm-hmm. that's really where it comes from. And it's just, mm-hmm. like, it really just blows my mind, you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's, like, the two polar opposites, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's crazy, too, because I, 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 it really bothers me when um, non-black, you know, non-brown people want to like okay i'm just gonna say it when white when white women (laughs) really want to be black and brown so bad they they get all these surgeries lip um, injections to make them look like them 
when back then they're making fun of those people slavery times they would like like white american men would parade black women around naked and all these women would be like oh my god her body's a freak show Mm -hmm. like you know because she had the bigger butt she had like a bigger chest she had bigger lips you know and so she essentially they're taking this beautiful person and they're they're like parading her around if she's this freak show because they don't she doesn't match the beauty standard of like what white women wanted back mm-hmm. then and but now all of us but then they want but like women nowadays want want all the features that a black woman or a brown yeah. woman has when they don't even really realize the history and the hurt that black and brown women have gone through with their bodies yeah you know for to be accepted now and even yeah. now like um black and brown bodies aren't accepted or or they're stereotyped but when a white woman does it it's like oh my god she's beautiful but when a black or brown woman has her natural features it's like ew i don't you know, know if you saw like so, the fox eye trend do you remember that did you ever see that's that an absolutely racist trend and i don't like it so here's my take on it i mean i understand doing your eyeliner like that that, I didn't see that as a big deal, but when people were literally stretching their eyes back their when eyes, taking yeah. pictures and posing like that, because I mean, like, it's eyeliner, and they, it's not like they were changing their eye shape, they were just doing eyeliner, but when they were doing the pose, that's when I was like, pause, <laughs> because I've literally been made fun of for that, and now, and like, no hate to these models, but like, well, full hate to them, <laughs> but, but then I'm just like, um pause let's rewind because again like you're where lit- people were literally being made fun of and bullied in school for these kinds of things mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden it's a tiktok trend and i was just like um hang on we missed a couple steps ignorant, ignorant people who don't understand the yeah. history of certain things like the, the pulling back of the eyes actually in film a lot of because there wasn't a lot of asian um actors or actresses um they had a lot of white men and white women play these asian roles and so they would literally tape their eyes and i okay so brandon remember when i told you brandon took that film class and i i ended up watching a lot of the films and they were really interesting and one of the films was called the yellow man and so the and he and the teacher wasn't doing this because he's racist he was doing it to bring awareness of like this is what film was like in like the 20s yeah. in the 1910s and so these actors and actresses would literally have their eyes taped like you could see i could see obviously like the film is really extremely old i think it was like 19 1907 or 19 i don't know it was somewhere around the 1920s when they made it and so like you could actually see the tape in, in the film okay and so i'm just like and the whole entire time I'm like watching this and clearly I'm from a different generation, obviously. And I'm just like, why did people think this was entertaining? So like why this is completely absolutely racist. You know? So I didn't even so. know this at the time until someone pointed it out to me. Like I saw it on Twitter, but breakfast, breakfast at Tiffany's, the Asian dude, the neighbor was played by a white guy. And I was like, mm-hmm. I really believe this dude was like a Chinese guy. And then I was like, oh, no, wait, but no. this this movie was old. So, yeah, that's definitely – that makes a lot more sense. So, mm-hmm. And now and now it's beautiful. We do are starting to have all this Asian representation, like, uh-huh. you know, um, Crazy Rich Asians, which oh was a God, good movie. Yes. Cinematically, it was beautiful. 
Um, and then we have, now we have Raya and the Last Dragon, where mm-hmm. it represents Southeast Asians, which is our region, like with Filipinos, Vietnamese, Thai, Cambodian. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, and you know, we have a lot of Pacific Islander representation as well, which is great. But it's still, we're not breaking through because you don't see, like, see them, like, going for even, like, bigger roles, and that's because the Hollywood system still wants Asians and Latinos and Latinas and Filipinos and even um, people from the black, like, black folks from the black community, they want them to even be a certain color, like, a certain color shade. Like, you kind of see it. Like, it's very subtle. Like, Hollywood likes to say, we're not racist. We have all these, like, beautiful Asian, Latino, black, indigenous people. But then you, you like, kind of start to notice a pattern where a lot of them are lighter skinned. You don't see a lot of darker skinned um, Asians. Like, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in Crazy Rich Asians, you see a lot of people from Singapore and from China and stuff like that. But, again, they're a little bit more on the lighter skinned side. Well, and even I'm not, the like, main guy, he was, like, Asian. The main guy in Crazy Rich Asians, he's Asian, so he's half white. Yes, yeah. So you, so you have like, you know, a lot of the like the lighter skinned Asians. Which again, I'm not bashing them because I, God, don't even get me wrong. I am like a huge fan of the bling, the bling thing. I just watch Asian. It's about like a bunch of rich Asians, and then also I love Crazy Rich Asians. But I think what was so beautiful about Raya and the Last Dragon is that you kind of see. And it might not be significant to some other people, but it was very significant to me as a darker Filipino. Um, a lot of the characters were darker. Mm-hmm. Like, they were darker skin. And I talked about like that, too. White... Like, comparing yeah. that to, like, Mulan. Like, mm-hmm. I was... Like, and that's something Mulan that I noticed, too. White, and I'm sure she wasn't. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? And, like, so. and there's nothing wrong with being pale. Like, I don't want people like listening to think that like we hate white people like hate I hate you if you're pale (laughs) like like there's nothing like if you're naturally pale but I think it's the problem when people go out and get fake tans and then they're 10 shades darker or you only want to be pale because you don't want people to see you as darker or like like that's when it's a problem like there's nothing wrong with being dark and there's nothing wrong with being pale but when you go out of your way to be a certain shade because you don't mm-hmm. want to be seen a certain way or you don't want to be, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. Right. That's when it's mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, that's when it's, there's a problem, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's where it comes to the color, colorist aspect of like, you know, it's just, we, we have these beauty standards that we felt we needed to meet because of colonialism Mm -hmm. and it's still very much embedded within our communities not just you know Asian communities but a lot of other communities where having lighter skin is just seen as a lot better um and it's really sad and it's also really subtle it's not as blatant as it was back then you know what I mean like I said with Hollywood they're like having more and more diverse characters and diverse um actors and actresses coming out Mm-hmm. Um, which is great, but again, sometimes they still don't address the actual like elephant in the room, where like you're still not using dark or black actors or actresses as much as you would as someone who's a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. I think we are getting a lot better. I think we are progressing. Oh yeah, for sure. Slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. But this is something that we just have to keep bringing up. Like we have to keep talking about it. We have to keep. Um, 
moving forward and trying our best to like dismantle this because again it is so deeply embedded within our community um and like I said it also starts with addressing your your friends and your family who say those things those like microaggressive things to you like I told my mom I was like look like please don't say that about Manolo it's not right Mm -hmm. like he's he's gonna have the features that he's gonna have when he comes out and he's gonna be an abusive a beautiful amazing person when he grows up yeah is he gonna have to learn about white privilege absolutely because he's white but aside from that um I'm not going to care whether he has Eurocentric features or not because he's my son and I love him and he's not going to be seen as less or more than because of his features you know so and there's nothing and like you know I feel like a lot of people think too like when people bring up these like when POC bring up these topics I see a lot Mm -hmm. of white people saying like well it's not like I can change the past like those were my ancestors I'm not like that and it's like I understand where you're coming from but I'm not saying that you need to get on your knees and beg for forgiveness it's just Mm -hmm. be aware of what's happening right now be aware Mm -hmm. of your neighbors and friends who are still facing these issues every day be aware that Mm -hmm. you have privilege like no one's Mm -hmm. telling you to like I feel like they think that we're expecting them to do these crazy things and it's like just be aware and speak up when you can because staying silent Mm -hmm. isn't going to help anyone being silent is adding to the problem so Mm -hmm. I'm not like we're not saying to get on the floor and lick our shoes like just help Mm -hmm. your POC brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. and neighbors and help lift Mm -hmm. their voices up to aid to the issue so yeah exactly and it really like I said it starts with calling out your family your own inner circle like I've had to address like I said my mom I've had to like you know process things that I had heard growing up understanding that those things were wrong and then understanding the place where my Lola was coming from when she was saying that, um, understanding the history. And yeah, we're not asking, you know, non-Asians to be like, please like beg us for forgiveness. We're just being like, like you said, like, please just like be aware of the situation and recognize it and acknowledge it. And Mm -hmm. when something does come up, like say something, Mm-hmm. and that's like the and honestly that's like the least you can do <laughs> like you know like that is the, the bare minimum that you could do yeah. um so if anything I encourage you know non-Asian people to talk about colorism within their own family and like also Asian people to Asian in like address colorism within their own community as well mm-hmm because it's like I said, it's not just like our community that goes through this. It's like the black community goes through it, the, the indigenous community goes through it, the um, Latino, especially the Latino community, they go through it a lot. Um, there's a lot of like a lot of colorism within the Latin American community. Um, so <laughs> we just need to start addressing it within our own inner circles and with our own communities. Yeah. Um, and it, when it comes to our outer communities just bringing education and just you know trying to spread information like correct information as much as you can and like I like I really it's kind of it kind of gets to this place with some of my friends who aren't you know black indigenous or people of color I'm just like yo you can totally google it 
Like, Google is free. Like really Google is, is free. It really is not like you can totally go on Google and be like history of colorism <laughs> in the Philippines and yeah. like and a lot of articles will pop up if you you know, if you use your like say you're in college and you're using your online library database, you might find a lot more of like um credible articles and stuff like that. But it again, it really is not that hard we have so much access to information we have so much access to factual you know truth and stuff like that and so I encourage people to do their own research do their own homework like watch documentaries there's documentaries on Amazon Prime for free that you can watch like um about you know other countries and racism and colorism and and classism and stuff like that and yeah well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very easy to go and Google these types of things, but mm-hmm. sometimes people don't understand because they aren't living that life. So even you, Lana, like what we're doing, like there's no harm in wanting to sit down with a friend that you have that's a person of color mm-hmm. and asking yeah. them about their experiences because you can yeah. only see so much through Google. Like, yeah, it's going to tell you so much mm-hmm. important history, but when you're sitting mm-hmm. down to someone that you personally know, and yeah. get hearing their experiences, it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to relate to them and to have empathy and that sympathy, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I know, like, me personally, I am half white, I look white, and <laughs> it's very obvious. And so I pers- I don't, I've never really experienced colorism or racism about being Asian until Corona happened because that brought on a ton of racism towards Asians and and I just I never realized what that was like you know there's nothing wrong with going to somebody and being like hey I recognize you for being a person of color and I would love Mm -hmm. to hear your experiences and I feel like yeah that's good that's not like I I know people who feel awkward about that who are like who feel weird about going to a person of color and like I understand their intentions behind it like they don't want to seem like oh yeah you're Asian you totally experience racism right like it's not like you're not it like like (laughs) some people are like isn't that kind of rude no it's not rude like just wanting to learn is the first step Mm -hmm. and it's the most important step is just wanting to learn and grow from your ignorance you just want to make sure that you're careful because some people are just like exhausted and they're just like hey I've dealt with this for so long I really kind of don't feel like talking you know what I mean you just have to like be super sensitive and um super careful which is awesome though when when you have friends that are just not really willing to share their experience at that moment like Mm -hmm. I said you can use google you can use books but also again what you said is very important because human experience is super important like what people experience is super important to figure out And like you said, again, it really is just like taking that first step of wanting to learn, which honestly is so surprising to me, but a lot of people aren't willing to do that. Mm -hmm. They're just like, I've heard about it. I'm done. Like, you know, that's why I'm saying like people see these things on the news, like with like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all this stuff with Corona. Like you see this stuff on the news, like they're, they see that this is happening, but they just don't care because they're not going through it. Or their one Asian friend probably didn't or hasn't gone through it, whatever. I mean, I hear that excuse all the time. Like, well, I have an, I, I, I have an Asian friend and they don't have, like, shut up. Okay. Well, do you want a medal? Having, like, having, <laughs> having, like, two black friends 
two Mexican friends or two white friends or like sorry um two Asian friends doesn't make you yeah so it's like they're seeing this stuff on the news but they're still ignoring it so it's like Mm -hmm. like yeah if you don't like when these people don't actually see it as a problem then they aren't willing to go out and learn about it. That's really mm-hmm. where it comes down with yeah. things. Like when people, and that goes for anything in life. If people don't see something mm-hmm. as a problem, they're not going to try and work to fix it. And so yeah, exactly. I think it's important to, like when you see these kinds of things on the news, like check up on your friends. Like I was talking to my older sister about this and she, like, she was just mm-hmm. saying like, just having people text me and be like, hey, how are you doing with all this anti-Asian racism happening? Mm -hmm. That is just, like, so considerate and great to, like, see those texts, Mm -hmm. you know? So just even Mm -hmm. just, like, texting your friend that might be black or might be whatever, like, just checking up on them, too. Like, just acknowledging that there's a problem, even if you don't experiencing it personally, just Mm -hmm. checking up on people as well. I mean, like, that means a lot because we're so – especially in the Asian community – we're so used to experiencing racism, but no one's saying anything. Because it's true, like, the Asian community, that kind of stuff is always glided over. And it's very, it's like the model minority myth, you know? And so it's like, it's so unfortunate to see that people, do they just glide over Asian issues because we're the mi- model minority, whatever, bullcrap. And so, I don't know. Yeah. I just think talking about it is so important and that's why I really wanted to have you like be a guest as well because I wanted to have a second opinion because again like I only can say so much I am half white I can only say so much about my own personal experience there's only so much that I've Mm -hmm. heard or that I've gone through so I really wanted to have somebody who you know like you you were expressing how passionate you're about this and I was like I gotta hit this girl up and we gotta have a (laughs) podcast party (laughs) It's so crazy because I I already knew, I already had a lot of passion about addressing issues within our Filipino community as well as my Latinx community Um, because I am, again, a Chicanos major. And and so, like, addressing the colorism issues is very much in my brain when I'm, like, learning about my Chicano studies and stuff like that. But um, I, I guess I, because I'm so focused on my major with Chicano and Indigenous studies, I sometimes forget about my Filipino side, and that's um, bad on my part, but what triggered it was that this past term, I had to take, like, a literature class, like, an extra literature elective class, so I took mythology, which I love mythology, I love folklore, I've always loved that stuff, and so we had to, like, read, um, it was a week of, like, learning about, um, like, feminine divine goddesses feminine archetypes feminine pantheons and so we were talking about feminine archetypes and we were talking about the damsel in distress and like the princess who needs to be saved and specifically we're talking about cinderella right so then we literally i had like 40 pages of just like different (laughs) different versions of cinderella believe it or not and it was crazy that i had to read all of them but I'm glad I did because I, I came across this one Southeast Asian one, the, a Vietnamese version of Cinderella, and it was called Tam and Cam. And um, Tam was the one who was Cinderella, and Cam was her stepsister with the evil step. So you had the evil stepmom, yeah, the stepsister. It was kind of ugly, but still, like, very rich. So she was, like, whatever. She was pretty because she was rich. Again, classism. Um, and then you had um, – 
Pam, who was like dark. She they like in the story she talked about how the, the narrator was like Pam is darker. She worked her stepmom made her work in the fields. She was poor. Her didn't give she didn't her stepmom didn't give her food, like stuff like that. So like when it came time to her being you know, turned into, like, you know, when Cinderella gets turned into a princess by the fairy godmother, she's like, I'm beautiful now. I have, like, they, they describe her being having lighter, paler skin, having, you know, makeup on and all this stuff. And I was just, like, so triggered by it because <laughs> growing up, <laughs> I was so triggered. And it's so crazy because we, like, we do, like, discussion posts online and I was like I literally in my discussion post I was like well this one story triggered me and here is my rant for 200 words there you go and so and so it was so funny because my teacher like replied to me she's like I'm so glad you addressed this if you want to write a critical writing paper because we had one a week to write she was like write about it and I was like I for sure will write about it and so that's when I went to this like one night I was literally up till 5 a.m in this deep hole of colorism in the Asian community and then it's it, it like eventually it turned into reading this whole like 30 page dissertation about colorism within the Philippines and the Philippines with women and so that's when I recognized I was like okay so this is like a lot bigger than what I thought it was initially <laughs> like it's not just like the Americas it's literally everywhere it is yeah. in every country like so again it's like so important to like know the histories because honestly, if I didn't read that, I wouldn't have been so triggered into <laughs> doing my own research. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, and then noticing like Filipino actors, Filipino actresses, um, Filipino celebrities, like the skin bleaching in the Philippines. Like I wouldn't have never noticed any of that obviously because I've never been to the Philippines. So I haven't seen it with my own eyes. But I would have never noticed that if just that one story triggered me. <laughs> like, so it's so important to know, like, history again. Yeah. Like, and be aware, like you said, to bring it, keep bring it, just keep bringing it up. You know what I mean? Just keep bringing it up within conversation. If it comes up, if someone says something, be like, hey, like, spot that and, like, shut it down. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like people love to say, like, snowflakes. You, I'm sure you've heard that. And I'm like, we're not snowflakes. You just can't get away with racist jokes anymore. But I think I've heard that actually from, like, Tommy Warren. You know who Tommy Warren is? Like the... She's like this... this she's, she's like, like a really journalist proud. or something. She's kind of like a journalist who likes to... She's like a, a, a right-wing journalist. Like, kind yeah, of like yeah. journalist who has her own show. She yeah. just talks a lot of crap and she spreads a lot of misinformation. But um, she likes to call... She likes to call... She likes to mention that we call people snowflakes, but then she calls us snowflakes for not being able to take a racist joke. Does that make sense? It's yeah, really yeah, yeah. weird. Like, She's just, weird. Like, I see, I like, see her stuff really all the weird. time, and I'm like, like, just shut up. Like, just no. <laughs> I'm, she's also been on Trevor Noah, who, like, one of my favorite talk no, yeah, shows I love Trevor him. Noah is. And so... He um, actually... I posted about yeah. it on Facebook. He actually did a really good... Like, I think, I don't know if it, I didn't watch the whole, like, episode. I just saw, like, the clip on YouTube. But he actually did a good, um, like, bringing awareness about the anti-Asian hate crimes going on. And that's what made me really want to talk about this. 
And I was like, mm-hmm. kudos to you, Trevor. I appreciate you. I, I don't know if you've read Trevor Noah's book, Born of Crimes. Mm-mm. But that also, he talks a lot about colorism in South Africa. So that's also, a good, if you want a look into South African and like some of the black communities' yeah. um, experiences with colorism, because he grew up as half black, half white. He literally was like a crime like in South Africa so like he has a lot of good input and a lot of good insight into colorism yeah. in Africa and in you know the black community which is in his book is for sure I'll have but. to check it out hey guys uh, my microphone cut at the end and I didn't even realize it um so I'm just gonna go ahead and finish the podcast um I wanted to say thank you again to Alina. Um, I love you, girl. I'm so glad that we got to catch up and that you guys be a part of the podcast. My very first special guest. Oh, my God. So awesome. We love it. We love the vibes. Um, really great discussion. And I hope you guys enjoyed um, hearing her take on colorism within the Asian community and specifically in the Filipino community. And um, again, you know, my podcast I really try to be that voice and like the big sister type for the younger generation you know maybe people getting out of high school maybe people who might be younger and so having that other voice as well another opinion um because again that's the whole point of my podcast is I try to give a voice to people who may not have a voice so I hope you guys enjoyed the discussion um hit me up on instagram and twitter and facebook at winnie the ryan and you'll be able to just hit me up my dms are open let me know about what you think about the discussion you can add to the discussion i'd love to hear your experiences say hello thank you for listening um hit me up you can also follow alina um her main page is soya lena which is or soy alina (laughs) i crack myself up soy alina (laughs) i just realized that's like spanish but it's s-o-y-a-l-y-n-a-a-a three a's and she also has a jewelry making instagram page that you can follow she makes clay earrings which is awesome you can follow her at clay.fibervibes C-L-A-Y dot F-I-B-E-R-V-I-B-E-S. Um, so make sure you follow her. She makes some really cool earrings. Um, super pretty. Um, yeah, made with clay, made with love. Um, so thanks again for everybody who listened. It's warming up. It was 84 degrees today. So bring out those shorts and those skirts and those dresses and let's enjoy the warm weather because I am sick of the cold. Um, Thanks again, you guys, for listening. I love you so much. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.